0: And welcome to another Scotswee podcast. And this podcast is our contribution to Scottish Podcast Collaboration Week, which runs from the 5th of December to the 11th of December. But this works as a bit of a preview as to what to expect during that week. In a moment, I'll be talking to some of the people involved, four of the podcasts involved, uh, but at the end, I'll also tell you Everyone who is involved, and tell you how you can find out more. But first of all, I caught up with Don from the Scottish Murders podcast, who really is the brains behind this whole project. I'm now joined by Don from the Scottish Murders podcast, but also the organizer of the Scottish Collaboration Week. Hello, Don.
1: Hi, Alistair. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's lovely to meet you at last. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a while. Absolutely. <laughs> I arrange it. Let's start with the podcast
0: collaboration then. What is the thinking behind it and uh, what can you tell us about it?
1: Um, the thinking behind it was just to bring There's so many great Scottish podcasts out there and I just wanted to give them, I thought it would be nice to share them more with people and for more ears to get onto them. So it was just, and to make friends and to just you know build relationships and collaborations. It was just to bring everybody together really and, bring more awareness to the great podcasts that are out there and um, it did um, evolve a little bit to also include some small scottish businesses as well because there's great products out there as well so i thought why not you know broaden that wee bit so there's a great bunch a great genre um so many great people out there and it's been lovely working with everybody
0: and you're absolutely right um You know, recently the idea of community, um, you know, shopping locally or shopping in a community or whatever it might be has been a big thing. And what you've done is get the the community of podcasters together. And it's a really wide range. Certainly for me, it's introduced me to a lot of um, different podcasts from, well, there's so many, you know, suddenly there's wrestling and, you know, know, just areas that I wouldn't have thought are of interest. But when you get people talking passionately about what they love, then it's always a good listen, I think.
1: It is, and they're really well done, and you know, like wrestling, I um I didn't know about that one until I came across it, but it was actually something that I was interested in when I was a child, so yes, I gave it a listen as well, and I thought, i you just forget all these wee things, these nostalgic moments, so it's been really interesting um, finding out who else is out there, and yeah, that's great. what's
0: definitely the case is that real crime podcasts are very popular. That's what I've learned now from going and seeing that, including your own Scottish Murders. Tell us about that.
1: Um, well, that one came about because, obviously, I'm Scottish and um, I listened to a lot of other po- uh, true crime podcasts, but they were mainly American. And I was more interested in where, I mean, obviously, I'm not, not interested, but it was more interesting for me if it was from where I knew, places I knew, I was aware of. Um, And there wasn't, there seemed to be a gap in the market, you know, the gap for that, I couldn't find what I was looking for. So I thought, you know, I'm a very curious person. I like to know the ins and outs of everything. So I thought, well, can't be the only one. I'll I'll give it a go. So that's how it came about. And you did, you do something to do with your sister, am I right? It started off with my sister, yes. Um, She's... She doesn't do it with me anymore. She comes right. on every now and again. But um and I did wonder how that would go because it went from you know two hosts um you know bouncing off each other and there was a bit of a banter to just me. So it was a wee bit like, oh, I hope people still listen. But it seems to be going well. And I seem to have accepted it, thankfully.
0: <laughs> I think that's partly there were a couple of things. One, it's the subject matter, you know, it's the kind of thing. If you're interested in it then there's usually other people that are also interested in it but also the kind of research that you do you you know you really go in depth
1: oh i do i i yeah i like to know everything i try to try and try and get everything corroborated i don't like to just you know just pick little bits i try to find backups for everything i see it's important for me to get it as right as i can um as respectfully as i can because this is somebody's life you're talking about so yeah, I can read and read and read probably too much sometimes on one topic.
0: <laughs> well, that's what I would say if anyone's watching or, listen, or listening to this rather uh, and thinking, "A, um, oh, that, you know, it's not for me. Or a, It's very respectful. It's absolutely, you know, you do go and it's not speculative or anything like that. It's absolutely um, the, the facts that you deal with
1: yeah I've never liked to put my opinion on things obviously I have opinions but that's not what it's there for it's literally to just tell people's story I just feel that they need their everybody deserves their story told they're important so it's just to tell you everything I can find as much as I can and let you make up your own mind of what you think and I am in touch if it's important to be respectful as well because I am in touch with family members they've got in yeah. touch with me afterwards and um that's 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 important to me just to the they feel I'm being respected, respectful even. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's actually quite a responsibility uh, yeah. when you think, because the one thing about doing it about Scotland, as we know, it's a small country in so many ways, and some of these stories are probably quite well-known, but a lot of them aren't well-known.
1: Yeah, they're not. Um, which I, I prefer to do the not-so-well-known ones, because it's it's hard, it, the more-known ones have been done so often, it's hard to yeah. put a different spin on that. Um, so it's nice to kind of bring the more unknown ones up, and for them to be heard as well. But um, I also like to add a little bit about each place where the I know it's a bit strange, a bit a good bit about where you know where the murder may have happened because you know it's not all bad. It's a nice area, Scotland, nice places. So I try to bring in a bit of you know, but there's also this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a, bit, a some... bit of balance.
1: Yes, a bit of balance. <laughs> Yeah, please, please come to Scotland. It is lovely. It's not all more it's <laughs> Nice, nice as well.
0: And uh, what kind of feedback have you had on the podcast?
1: Um, really great feedback. Um, people that have you know the know the stories well. People that have you know knew the family members, people, actual family members. Um, just doing a just doing a good job. Um. There was one comment one negative comment i got that said this was just a lot of it was untrue which was it was a not it was annoying a little bit because it's one thing i always try not to i always try my hardest to make sure it is obviously i can't know for sure Mm -hmm. i just wish people if they think that please let me know i would love to if you know more than i can find i can only say tell you what i've read and You know, I'm not making anything up, so just I just want it to be right. But feedback has been great; really appreciate it.
0: And and for anyone listening, for all podcasters, feedback is vital, isn't it? I mean, you really want to know how you're doing.
1: Yeah, any feedback? Oh, yes, I appreciate it all. Negative as well, constructive criticism, things I can do better, or because they do know something that I don't, or you know, they they know then great. Tell me, I'd love to know that.
0: And. How and when did you get become interested in the subject matter?
1: I've always been interested in crime. It started off, maybe not so much true crime, but Taggart. Taggart was my favourite <laughs> when I was a kid growing up. And it just evolved into true crime. And then it was always books. I love books. But then podcasts came along and then it moved into podcasts. It's always been an in interest. I just i am very curious. I like to know everything. <laughs> yeah, I just like to know everything, so that's just how it just was a natural progression and then when I saw a gap I wanted to know more about Scottish mergers that was perfect for me
0: but you were into you kind of liked crime fiction as well to be yes oh
1: I do I I do like true crime and crime fiction yes still I still devour that as much as I can
0: because that is something that that Scotland does very well is you know writing about whether it's non-fiction or whether it's fiction we write a lot about it and really investigate it
1: yeah and when it's when it's areas, again, you know, I love. don't know if you know Shetland. I love the books about Shetland as well. And I love, just because I know Shetland, I've been there, so you can imagine where they are. I love, that's the details I like, something that, you know, means something to me. So I love these kind of books when it's based in Scotland.
0: Yeah, I, I, Shetland's a great example, isn't it? Because it's, it looks absolutely beautiful, yeah. <laughs> Over all the series, all these terrible, terrible crimes.
2: Yeah,
0: it's boosted Shetland's tourism, which is a strange uh-huh. thing, perhaps.
1: I know, but that, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, there is a there is an underside to it all, but it is beautiful, beautiful places. So, yeah.
0: And have you got favourite episodes of your podcast? Mm-hmm. Or is that like asking you to choose your favourite <laughs> child or something like that?
1: Um, I wouldn't say my favourite one, but the one that stands out for me the most is the George Murdoch um, episode that I did which was George was murdered in 1983 in Aberdeen and mm-hmm. it's still unsolved. And that's the, I'm in touch with George's family member. So that one's very special to me because, you know, it's still unsolved and they're trying hard to still, you know, get it out there. So I try my hardest. I've been on other podcasts, true crime podcasts, to share that story. I'm trying to do what I can, you know, to help them. And that one's quite special to me.
0: You think that's something that podcasts can do that maybe other kind of areas of the media can't, is kind of be, you know, you can make connections uh, in ways that you maybe couldn't if you were doing a radio or a TV or something like that.
1: Yeah, building up relationships as well, yeah. Yes, they can, but you've got that platform, it's what you do, you know, you want to get the stories out there for the families, really, especially if they're unsolved.
0: Yeah, I I guess for the unsolved ones, it's actually probably a real boost to people that think that's not been forgotten, that there is, you know, somebody still thinking about that.
1: Yes, exactly. And, um, yeah, I mean, I know they try so hard to keep it in the, you know, in the the media attention. You know, it's been on Crime Watch recently and she's got a Facebook page and it's just keeping it going. That's just, they find that so difficult, keeping the momentum and interest going. So, yes, being able to help just by going on other podcasts and sharing the stories is my little contribution to that. And
0: what's next for Scottish Murders podcast? What have you got? I, I'm no spoilers. I know you probably don't want to spoil it, but just in general, have you got a lot of good things coming up? Let
1: me think. Well, hold on. I haven't actually thought I'm not. Are, you are you put thinking this? too much about the
0: collaboration? <laughs> is that the problem? The
1: collaboration has been taken over. I have actually got something else planned that I'm going to announce in January. It's a bigger project than even the, the Scottish collaboration. But that at the moment is my focus. That's that's important to me um, oh. to do as much as I can there. So I haven't really thought too far ahead at the moment. Probably working with other miscarriages of justice. That's something that interests me. I've, did. Yeah. I've worked with... Um, the miscarriage of justice organization on a couple of episodes, so doing something again regarding that because that's that's something yeah. that's really an eye opener for me as well. So
0: similar it was, again, it's a way of keeping these things you know alive, if you like.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, I mean, I can understand that you've the collaboration is taken over you because the week is approaching. It is. The, can you give people the details of the Scottish collaboration and how they can listen in?
1: So it'll be taking place from Monday the fifth to sunday the 11th of december you can find out all the details about it everybody taking part from scottishmurderscom slash collab everything's there there'll also be a, a schedule put up that you can be able to click on you know if you fancy listening to something wrestling there'll be the links to go there everybody's working together and every episode will be there so it's all in one place for just go and listen give everybody a chance they're amazing podcasts
0: and uh, what are you looking forward to most? Can you say, or, or are you just going to wait and see how what happens?
1: I'm looking forward to the episodes that I'm, that are going to be that I've done already with with other podcasters. Which, Alistair, you didn't you didn't put your name forward for. I'm most I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's a couple of a few quite a few of us got together. Um, for different story episodes and they're really quite funny they're entertaining just a bit of light-hearted, something different um there's also a ghost hunt myself and another post podcaster going on as well so we'll we're, we're, you know, see how that turns out what did we find out if anything so it's just everything really just seeing what everybody does what everybody brings because I yeah you know I'm looking forward to your interviews I know you're interviewing some really you know some people as well I'm curious I want to see how that turns out
0: and it's it's such as I said at the beginning, the breadth of kind of subjects uh, and people's in-depth knowledge is just uh, great. It's it's what I I love podcasts. I mean, I've done enough myself, <laughs> and one of the reasons is because you can talk to people, or you know, it involves people that really go in depth on a subject that perhaps otherwise might not be looked into in such a manner.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's passionate. You do it because you're passionate about it. That's why that's why I do it as well. So. Yeah, it's great. And I hope everybody enjoys it.
0: Well, Don, thank you so much for talking to me about it and Scottish murders and uh, all the best with everything.
1: Oh, and thanks for being part of it. It's just going to be great. Thank you. Hello and welcome
0: to another part of our Scottish Collaboration podcast. And I'm joined now by Nikki and Greg from the Culture Swally podcast. Hello, both.
3: Hi, Ali. Nice to good meet evening, you. Good evening or good afternoon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, good. it's really good to see you both because I've been listening and catching up with a lot of your uh, um, previous episodes of the podcast as well. First of all, can you tell people all about the culture, Swally?
3: Uh, well, Nikki and I have known each other for over 20 years and we met each other when we both lived in Aberdeen. And you know, over the 20 years... Nicky moved away to Dubai. I moved back to Glasgow, to England, to Kuwait. Now I'm in Dubai. Nikki's in Amsterdam. And during the pandemic, it was Nikki had the idea because he he I didn't listen to an awful lot of podcasts before. And Nikki recommended a lot to me because he listens to lots of podcasts. A lot more than I do. And um we decided to have a think about we share a lot of we share a lot of interests, which is probably obvious from the from the podcast. We've got a lot in common, and we decided that people might like to hear us talking about those interests. But we weren't really sure exactly what it would what it would look like. You want to take it, Nicky?
4: Yeah, I think uh, we kind of came up with the initial idea of, and it was one of those things like during a WhatsApp chat of, you know, what we should do a podcast because it, I think that a lot of people do think that like, oh, people would love to hear us chat about stuff. And <laughs> it it came up initially that we were like, yeah, let's do it. So we did a, a test episode. I, in fact, I think I came up with the idea of the name first before the, the podcast. I was like, we should call it the culture Swally because it's a good Scottish name. And we'll yeah. talk about music and, and films and books and TV pretty much like you do yourself, Ali. Yeah. However, We didn't really have a a hook at that point, and and we came on, but let's just do something. So, we recorded like a test episode where we actually looked at the Oasis album, definitely, maybe, just because it was something that we both knew and were both passionate about. And okay, that went well ish, but it's never been released and it never will be. I did find it the other day on a hard drive, and it will never (laughs) see the light of day. And then it it kind of, we left things for a while because I moved country. I, I moved from Dubai to Amsterdam. And as Greg says, kind of the pandemic hit and we and I said, you know what? We should do something about Scotland because we're both so proud to be Scottish and we both love Scottish culture. And that's one of the reasons Greg and I bonded so well, because we both love Scottish media and TV shows and films. And I was like, well, the, the culture swally is perfect. And I I wrote a, a list of 50 things that we could cover and sent it to Greg. And about five minutes later, he sent a list of 50 other things back to me. And I was like, well, that's our first 100 episodes straight away. And I don't think we've covered maybe 10 of those so far, Greg. Like uh, Out of the 100, <laughs> like, there's so much out there. and And I, I don't think people realize how much Scottish content is actually out there. And it's just, just so much wonderful stuff. And yeah, we just wanted to effectively speak about our passion of Scottish media and, and film and TV. And also, to be honest, it's a good chance to catch up with one of my oldest friends every fortnight and have a chat about something.
0: Yeah, and that friendship <laughs> really comes across in the podcast. It's mm. one of the best things about it. But it's absolutely one of the reasons I started doing Scots with Hay, was that same thing. People Mm. would say, oh, could you recommend a Scottish book? Could you recommend, i recommend you tons of stuff. And uh, as you say, there's so many out there. And what really got me when I first was going through the things that you'd covered was that it was the big hitters that, you know, Mm. Gregory's Girl or or Highlander or all these kind of things. But there was things I went, I didn't think anyone else had ever seen that. But me, which is great (laughs) because, uh, um, you know, the film version of Complicity would be one. I think hardly anyone would have seen Mm. that um so it's interesting to hear that's what you did but how did you come about the kind of structure of having the news stories which are usually very very funny and then have did <laughs> always kind of split up in that way
3: well we all, we always the, the intention was always to talk about something in every episode as you mentioned a film or a tv show but nikki had the idea because like nikki and i come we're sort of the last generation of so a bar flies, you know. Uh, and when we were young in Aberdeen, we're quite happy just to grab a copy of the Daily Record or the or the Press and Journal up there, or the Evening Express. Just go and sit by the bar, pack a cigarettes, pint of tenants and have a flick through. And there's, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's the case in England as well. But there's always, you always find something like a you think a wee column or a wee pay a wee corner of the page that had just the most ridiculous story. And I think because all these newspapers now are online, we've got so much more space to fill. Yeah. I mean, we we've covered stories in the culture of swally that are not news at all. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? It's they're just like they're just uh, space fillers. Um, and like, and if we if we would catch up in like Mac Cameron's or some or a bar like that in Aberdeen, we would invariably end up talking about these daft wee stories. So Nicky had the idea. You know as well as it being about scottish culture and media that we should and it's it sort of i think initially it was only going to be something maybe like a quick five ten minutes and then we'd move mm. on to what we saw as the meat of the podcast but yeah. as you said yourself some of the stories are absolutely hilarious and it just kind of grew arms and legs and then quite quickly became a massive part of the of the the sort of structure of the pod
0: yeah i mean the I can see how they could grow, and it could always be a podcast on their own. Yeah. In a way, but it's mm. actually nice that you've got these kind of two aspects to it because I think once people become regular listeners, they might come to hear the the, the funny stories and stay mm. to hear about something that they maybe they maybe not know. Yeah. And uh, for sure, it's uh, yep. a fifty-nine episodes now. If you just I've just listened to the book group one uh, recently. Yes
4: we just recorded episode 60 today yes so uh we're doing stone mouth uh the ian banks bbc adaptation so yeah so 60 episodes so far but 59 available right now yeah Yeah.
0: and uh for new listeners are there specific episodes from your back catalogue that you would recommend going back to that you particularly think that's a really good example of what we do
4: i think there's some that Probably are special to us. I know, and maybe they're special to us in a certain way. So I know, for example, the episode when we did Bob Servant. That for us was effectively Greg and I just doing quotes to each other for about an hour and a half. <laughs> Bob Servant quotes because I I genuinely adore that show so much, yeah. and that was a wonderful episode in terms of it. We released it on the Thursday because we're available every second Thursday, and I woke up on the the Monday morning. And I looked on the uh, the pod app that, that we use to to upload. And I said to Greg, oh, there's something wrong with this app because it's saying that we've had something like 250 downloads overnight. Like there's something gone wrong here. We don't normally get this many. And I'm looking and trying to work out what's going on. And every time I'm looking, the downloads keep going up and up. And then I went into Twitter to complain to the pod provider and I'd find out that our Twitter had blown up. And it was because Neil Forsyth, who wrote Bob Servant, yeah. had listened to the episode and retweeted it. And that just meant everything. This was kind of like, mm. this is why we do this. And yeah. he sent us a beautiful DM saying, I really enjoyed the episode. It was such a, a wonderful trip down memory lane. So I think Bob Servant for us was was very special because it was just an excuse to, to have a laugh and, and enjoy ourselves. But I love finding... Yeah little gems as well so uh one of our most recent episodes was gov and ghost story yeah which we did for halloween and it's something greg and i had never seen and i think that's really appeals to us when we haven't seen something and we can just enjoy it together and it was just a wonderful 59 minutes of just pure pleasure and just really wonderful storytelling uh so yeah i, th- I think that's kind of the the episodes we enjoy and of course we enjoyed the uh shot glory episode as well which we did for the euros so we got to cover scotland's world (laughs) cup songs we didn't do any news on that episode we just looked at the the old scotland world cup songs like with the crankies and Delamitri and ally (laughs) starting army so that was a yeah that's another episode i really enjoyed
0: yeah, um, I shot at Glory again, I saw that in the cinema, and I was the only person, it was a Wednesday afternoon, <laughs> and I was working in a restaurant in, in bars in Glasgow at the time, uh, and I remember there was a bar called Bar 91 that I was working in, and in and walked Batman. You know, and, uh, like, <laughs> I know saying, yeah. and it was just, it was really weird. It was time in Glasgow at that time, you know, because you saw, yeah,
3: um,
0: a oh, who's the, the guy, the main guy that's in The Godfather, and I've totally forgotten his name, Robert Duval. I had Robert Deval you know? yeah, kicking about, and yeah. the, the, he was at what he was at a Rangers game, and someone had got like a scarf and it says no surrender on it,
4: yes, <laughs> <Robert> <laughs> I mean, saw that,
0: oh dear, dear. yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. But there a lot of people, if you said to them, oh, Ali McCoy's the nation's sweetheart at the moment, apparently. And uh, and he was in, between, he acted in a film. And uh, yeah. yeah.
3: It's oh, it's hard. incredible. Not, not, yeah. not, not only acted, but it was arguably the second lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Never yeah. acted yeah. since. I'm not sure what that means.
0: <laughs> um, well, actually, I've got, I'm going to give you some possible suggestions now. I've got five of them. Looked them out last oh, night. Yes. I used to, I used okay. to do a um, Scottish film kind of club uh, when I was at uni. When I went to uni kinda, as a mature student and stuff. And mm. I was trying to find stuff that maybe people hadn't seen before. Uh, so a few of them here. Have you heard of The Purifiers? No. No. Right. I it's haven't. a martial arts movie with Kevin McKid, Gordon Alexander so... Dominic Monaghan. <laughs>
4: It's, it's written and directed by Victor Johnson. <laughs> oh, I have. I, I in doing our rec, uh, research for like sixteen years of alcohol and stuff, I did read about this, but I, I've never seen it, so I'm gonna have to uh, track that down. Yes, that is what, on the wildly list.
0: Wildly low budget. It's mostly shot in and around Glasgow, if I remember correctly. And yeah, brilliant. It's fantastic. So <laughs> there's a kind of mini genre of oh, terrible Loch Ness movies. <laughs> um, and this one is one of the finest ones The Evil Beneath Loch Ness and Patrick
3: it's, Bergen it's
0: massive eye that's on the cover which is hilarious yeah. it stars Patrick Bergen you know who's a decent actor he's been in Sleeping with the Enemy, Patriot Games yeah. and yeah. was it Anthony who I first remember seeing in Krull the film uh, oh, wow, yeah, yeah. that's Anthony right Krull. Yep. yeah. but there's uh, yep. Yeah, there's a few really weird um, Loch Ness movies. There's one where Nessie, uh, in a kind of like Jaws 4, swims (laughs) to the north of uh, uh, Canada, that kind of thing, to take revenge. Amazing. (laughs) Um, Now, you covered Dog Soldiers, didn't you?
4: Yes, we did. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last Last Halloween. Halloween. Doomsday. Uh, This has been on my list, actually, yeah.
0: Yeah. So they build a kind of outbreak of some disease and it starts in Scotland so they build a wall around the whole of Scotland I mean you know into the sea and all this <laughs> stuff and then uh, there's a case of it in London and they think oh we're gonna have to get uh, going they send a crack team including Sean Pertwee um, back in and and Scotland's gone mental and it's all Cold. there's a scene going <laughs> up uh, Hope Street in Glasgow and it's all overgrown <laughs> and everything then they get to Queen Street train station and it's overrun by kind of ska punks that are all dancing to kind of <laughs> ska of music and they've got Mohicans and it's yeah. Yeah they, they all kind of I think, of, it, Mark, Mark, like I think Martin
3: Comston's in that one isn't he?
0: Um is he? I think it's I, a while since I've seen it I can't yeah remember.
3: I think he's got a small role in it Martin Compton well, possibly.
0: it's got but, but I mean, I think he mean one this why plays... have you done this? Adrian Lester, Bob Hoskins <laughs> <I don't... laughs>
4: Incredible.
3: Did you, and, did, 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 you, did you ever see the one with uh, Jet Lee in it that's set in Glasgow with Morgan Freeman and Bob Hoskins?
0: Yeah, I, I, well, uh, it's that, called Unbreakable. That's going to be uh, or something that's it, yeah. dog or something. I think it's got two different names. That was another yeah. one. I was working in uh, the restaurant and Morgan Freeman came in. <laughs> My God, <laughs> what's he doing in Glasgow? But that's what he was doing. He was doing that weird Jet Lee film. It's actually... It's better than... It's really good. It's
4: not a sentence you expect to hear. I was working at a restaurant and Morgan Freeman came in in Glasgow because Uh, he was working on a Jet lee film. I know. Set in the West End.
0: And so this one's actually not not a bad film. I think it's directed by... I think it's directed by David Heyman. But anyway, it's James, James McAvoy's very first appearance. It's the near room. The near wow. room. It's really dark. It's really dark. I went to see this in the cinema and came out thoroughly depressed. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's worth check <laughs> if it is it David Heyman. <laughs> yeah, it is directed by David Heyman. And I think the story was um they were looking for a young guy to be in it. And David, I think um McAvoy's from Drum Chapel. And he went to the and said, you know, is anyone interested in auditioning for this? And he was like, Yep, I'm up for that, and that. The rest is history.
3: Well, you know, Ali, one of the things that I wanted to do when we had the idea of doing the podcast was to do a lot of Peter McDougall stuff. Because yes. I I sort of I can sort of discovered that quite quite late. I must have been in my late twenties. And I think the sort of like four four or five of his old play for today's were released on DVD. Yeah. And I saw it advertised in the paper. And um in mean, 2010 i used to be friends it was oh still am i suppose friends with a guy called mark Guidi, who's the chief sports writer on the sunday mail or he certainly yeah. used to be anyway and he invited us to the scottish uh, athletes or Sportsman of the year awards it was at christmas time and kenny Dalgleish was getting a special sort of honorary thing his daughter right. was presenting it and i met i, I met david Heyman. Um and I but I had a chance to chat to him for five minutes, and I I said to him I said you know what I don't understand why Peter McDougall isn't still like writing and and releasing stuff, and he said oh he's he's writing all the time because he I think he does he, he has the odd play at, um in the West End you know the play a pie in a pint at yeah. the um mm. what's the pub called at the top of Buyers Road and more, more. more yep yeah. he said but he said he can't um. He said, "You know, he, this, but this is like twelve years ago or something." But he said he uh, submits stuff all the time, but he can't get anything commissioned anymore. I thought, I wonder why that is, because his dra- you know, he he wrote a, his dramas were contemporary for the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and there's plenty of contemporary dramas on now that would fit alongside it. You know.
0: Was his last one then down among the big boys with Billy Connolly? Was that the last one he got on TV? Yeah,
4: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, we covered that on so. The Swally. And I think we yeah mentioned that on the episode that that was the mm. last one, which it, it's bizarre yeah. that that was the last because his output has been so amazing that yet yeah, for some reason, can't seem to get stuff
3: commissioned. Um, he, 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 he managed to get Harvey Keitel to come to faith. <laughs> in yeah. starring a film, didn't he? <laughs> That's
0: um... <laughs> a good and of Morgan Freeman in Glasgow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, 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 quickly, my the last suggestion is, I know both of you love Gregory's Girl, and it's mm. pretty much my favourite mm. film as well. So I wondered if you would consider dipping your toes into Gregory's Two Girls.
4: I've I've threatened this to Greg many times, <laughs> that I'm going to pick Gregory's Two Girls. Now well, I, uh-huh. I think I've only ever, I think I saw it once when it first kind of came out and I've never watched it again and I'm, I'm gonna pick that I, I I've been meaning to suggest to Greg that we do like a sequel month and we pick like a, yeah. a a sequel to something and I I think I would pick Gregory's two girls
0: because it's it's not a good film a <laughs> on the cover the Guardian quote is better than the original no
2: <laughs> no. No. <laughs> really, no really <laughs>
0: Come on. but it's it's interesting, and I mean, it's kind of problematic as well, which is always interesting yeah. to talk about. And I don't know whether you guys find that it's sometimes easier or more interesting to talk about a flawed film than it is to talk about a great film. What do you think?
4: For sure, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I I think it helps, and <clears throat> we often it's it's strange that we often don't find things that we don't enjoy. Um, maybe it's because Mm. it's scottish and we're nostalgic and love the things and maybe it's because we pick things that we we know we're going to enjoy we have had a few things that we haven't enjoyed on this valley and we do say i mean spoiler alert stone mouth we didn't think it was that great and and we will Mm. say the the issues and we will point out the problems with it and it, it does give a little bit more to talk about rather than just gushing over how Lovely and wonderful. Yeah. Everything is. It, it gives a little bit of a, a point to be able to to talk about the flaws of something.
0: Yeah. And it, yeah. And the I'm...
4: thing is, even though, even even though we we sometimes
3: we don't really enjoy everything that we watch. We even if it's something like like we we did White Settlers a couple of episodes ago, and it's it's not great, but we still found things yeah. that we liked about it. You know, yeah. and even when we've when we've and I think because it's. Because something is Scottish or set in Scotland or whatever. You you always find something that um that you enjoy about it. Or certainly we do it, anyway, you
0: know. I thought White Settlers was was such a good one because you're both so angry at the the English <laughs> character. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> absolutely furious for this guy. Oh, uh he was terrible
4: yeah. though. He was terrible. Horrible. Horrible man. <laughs>
0: But as you say, you do balance it up with saying that the uh, the actress is the lead in it is actually really good and she oh. around and done mm. very well. So I think that's right. Yeah. It's very fair, you know. And I just like me, yeah. I don't go to kind of slag something out and out because people have put their, you know, heart and soul into making these mm. things, you know. So I think that absolutely critically kind of. yeah. Uh,
3: no one sets out to make like a rubbish film or a, a rubbish TV show, you know, I guess, you know, just some things go wrong in the process. It doesn't maybe come out the way that they that they hoped it would, you know.
0: And you often, if uh, for instance, in the, the latest one, you talked about the sad passing aerobical train and you do, it's, you know, that you have mm. got a things where you want to celebrate the people who have really influenced you guys.
4: Well, I think that's yeah. it. I mean, Robbie Coltrane was a, a massive part of our lives, as we say in the episode. It kind of feels like he's always been around. Yeah. And for such a, a Scottish talent to pass away, you want to to pay tribute and, and to talk about what he's done. And he achieved so much. And like I say, he, he's kind of always been around in our lives. It's, it's mm. like when Sean Connery passed away, we did a, a tribute episode um to Sean because, again, just a massive part of our lives and it's it's genuinely sad when these people pass away and and you think about the legacy and i know i kind of broke the news about robbie's passing to greg and i know he was genuinely really upset and and so was i and it's just wonderful to be able to to kind of pay tribute to to these actors Mm. and these people that have been you know a massive part of our lives
0: and now that you're both living away from Scotland, do you think you look upon the country and its culture differently?
4: I would say, I mean, I haven't lived in Scotland since 2007. I, I left, so I left 2007, I lived in Dubai for 12 years, and I've been in Amsterdam now for, like, three and a bit years. I would say if anything, it has made me more fiercely patriotic and a devourer of Scottish culture, in terms of I even in Dubai I would I would download everything you know so still game let me show um I would download only an excuse every new year anything Scottish I would get and I I still do um I think I was I just moved there when like Stuart McBride's books came out started coming out and I every book I would buy and devour and it, it led me down to reading a lot more Scottish um like tartan noir if, yeah. if you, you know expression the um And I was always a big fan of like Irvin Welsh and and other Scottish authors, but I think it it made me kind of more fiercely patriotic in terms of being away from my country. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I'm loving doing this podcast, because it's given me an excuse to watch stuff that I remember from the past and I loved. So, for example, like The High Life or The Book Group that shows that I adored and I would probably... I've always been in my mind, like, I need to re-watch that. But I never get round to it. However, this podcast gives me the perfect excuse to watch it and then speak about it to my friend as well and be able to discuss things. And, yeah, I would say genuinely doing this and and being away from Scotland just makes me so proud to be Scottish. And I just adore, you know, Scottish culture and, and love being a part of it. And that's why I love scouring the newspaper every day looking for news stories and I'm um, <laughs> finding things out about Scotland so I although I'm not there I still feel like I am kind of there if if that makes sense like there's a part of me always going to be there
0: well there's a, there's, there's a warmth in the way you not just dis- only discuss the television stuff but the way that you talk about the news stories you know mm. uh, kind of often incredibly absurd. And often, and now this might be wrong, as you say, it probably happens everywhere. But some of them seem so Scottish; it's it's you know <laughs> unbelievable. I, I mean, think you
3: know. I mean there was there was there was an early one, Ali, um, that Nikki found that I mean a really early one. It might have been like our fourth or fifth episode where um, they somebody found a safe in the water of Leith <laughs> and cracked it open. find that it was full of pornography and contraceptives and i just don't think you would find a safe with a pornography and contraceptives in england (laughs) (laughs) just just like the the mystery surrounding the safe like who put these things in there and why was it in the why was it in the water and all that i mean it's it's, it's, it's 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 a rich treatment for a I thought maybe a bit of a, a tartan noir, Nicky. Or yeah, something like or that, kind of, you know. some
0: kind of backstory, <laughs> like like guilt or something like that. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah,
4: yeah. I, I think we do f- try to find you know things that are very Scottish to, to cover. So, for example, you know the uh, we did one about a uh, a guy that bought a, a painting of a square sausage, and you're like, mm. what is more Scottish than that? Uh, yeah. You know buying a painting of a square sausage and i think in a few episodes later there was a woman that got a tattoo of a square sausage and you know, <laughs> just, just so we do you know look for things that are very typically scottish in the news stories but there's so much out there it's brilliant
0: yeah yeah no, absolutely <laughs> so what's uh, kind of apart from the episode you've just recorded what's kind of lined up can you tell us a little bit or is it a state secret uh it's not
3: Well, not really we're, we're, we've got some stuff coming up with the collaboration group yeah. Um. so we're doing a little bit more of this um we always do a christmas episode where we find something uh scottish and festive and last year nikki found the crankies christmas special from 1983 and it was one of my favorite episodes to the court <laughs> absolutely loved it um and we always do a hug Bonnet episode as well where we'll uh so last year we did um the two doors down pilot, uh, for example. Um so that so that oh, that's kind of what the rest of the year looks like. Um I won't give away Nikki's choice for the next no, no. regular um episodes, which we'll record in uh, sort of two weeks
4: today. Oh well, we can't. But yeah, that's do, what the rest of the year looks like. By the time this goes out, uh... Our oh, episode yeah. will be out, so
0: out oh, okay. Probably
4: could do so. I could say, um, so the next episode we're going to record will be uh, that sinking feeling.
0: Oh, fantastic! And
4: so we're going to do that. Then we have a collaboration with the mum's murders and mystery podcast. Uh, we're going to look at the uh, ITV miniseries DES covering the mm. crimes of Dennis Nielsen. And then we will have our Christmas and New Year episode, which I won't spoil because we're we'll looking forward to that. And then, yeah, that'll take us through the year. And then in January, we're going to be looking at uh, one of your recommendations, I think, Ali, if I couldn't find them online. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll look at one of those, yeah.
0: Fantastic. Well, listen, guys, thanks so much for taking the time to have a chat and all the very best.
3: Oh, thanks so much for having us on. It's been, been great. Yeah. I really enjoyed it
4: yeah thanks so much Ali absolute pleasure thank you
3: oh, no problem at all maybe maybe the next time Nikki and I are in Glasgow at the same time we can go out for a pint
0: that would yeah. be great yeah uh, that would yeah. be great and we can pour over the daily record and see what stories jump out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that
4: it's sounds fun. good to me yeah
0: and I'm now joined by Suzanne Arbuckle who writes the adventures around Scotland blog hello Suzanne
5: hi Alistair it's nice to meet you and speak to you tonight
0: and you, and you. I'll just say for people watching that will go, <clears> I thought this was about podcasts. I <laughs> does say in one of our earlier interviews uh, in this podcast that she wanted to grow it beyond just podcasts and look into other aspects of Scottish culture and how they're covered and how they're hinted. So I thought it'd be good to get you on as an example of that kind of uh, breadth that the yep. collaboration is covering. Yep. But you, you, as I say, your blog is Adventures Around Scotland. Um. So what can you tell us about it?
5: Well, I started my blog away back in 2014, which doesn't seem that long ago, but in the world of blogs and social media, it was like a lifetime ago, really, because um, travel blogs were just starting to emerge as an alternative to print media and the other online sort of sites that you had. But they were at a stage where they were starting to evolve beyond that, people were actually realizing they could go to travel blogs and get personal information and something a bit different from the normal guidebooks. So when I started, it was purely a hobby because, as I said, it was at a time when nobody thought you could do that as a business, never dreamed it would be a career Um, and realised that as things evolved, obviously there was more interest. There's a lot of people that are interested in Scotland, as it turns out. It's like I had no idea how many people were interested in coming to Scotland and reading about travel in Scotland. So it just kind of evolved from, as I said, an early hobby. My blog kind of grew parallel with the growth of travel blogs in general. So I started it at a fortunate time, I guess. Um, And I loved what I was doing. So it was just something that I kept doing, realized I could do it full time. And it changed over the years, eventually, from a hobby to a full time business. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of a quick eight years, nine year snapshot. (laughs) Um. Did you have any expectations when you started it? No, I I just had one goal, which was, apart from a selfish goal of I wanted an outlet for writing about like my travels and, and I enjoyed taking photographs. So there was a selfish side of it that I wanted. But I also had a goal of wanting to put information out there about parts of Scotland that really I thought were underrepresented or weren't being covered in traditional guidebooks. Um, even today, a lot of the information out there is pretty much Edinburgh, Inverness, Skye. And a lot of people struggle to know what else is there in Scotland, where else can I go? So I kind of guess that's been the thing that I always wanted to achieve with my blog was to cover underrepresented places. It's getting harder and harder with the growth of Instagram and hidden gems aren't hidden gems anymore. And um, so it's getting harder to find places that are still off the tourist trail but there's plenty of them out there so that's my continuing aim is to keep finding those places. <laughs> well yeah and you are still doing that because I read a
0: piece on your blog about Moffat and I love Moffat and we are from yep. kids would always stop off there but I yep. thought I haven't really seen anyone write about it before. Yep
5: yep and I find that that's the feedback I get um, and it was the feedback I got really early on was communities that felt we've got a lot to offer nobody writes about us nobody covers us they loved it um, I'm even on social media. Like I do a lot of my posts on social media now, shorter posts, than I cover on my blog post. Um, and I went to Muirkirk in Ayrshire, um, just last weekend, and I covered that on my Facebook uh, and about the sort of history of Muirkirk and the people of Muirkirk were delighted, and they all shared it on their community pages, and were so delighted that somebody came and wrote about Muirkirk. They're like, we've got so much history we've got rolling hills, we've got all these things, but nobody ever writes about us, <laughs> so.
0: I think that's so interesting, because what has been a phenomenon I've found in the last few years is communities forming groups, and they can look at his like my uh, uh, mum's from Annan, and there's a strong <laughs> Annan community group, but they all talk to each other, so they, yep. you know, they're not breaking out of that, but what you're doing is actually um, letting them know that people are thinking about them and, and looking at them, and sharing that with other people that maybe don't, and are looking for new places to visit.
5: Yeah, and I think it's really important. I mean, there's so many, and obviously a lot of what's covered on these podcasts and this um, collaboration is about culture and history and stories. And actually these small communities, which nobody really writes about, have amazing history and stories and culture. And that's one thing I really enjoy. I enjoy personally. Um, visiting and finding out on a personal level but then I love sharing that with my audience because I get such good feedback from people all around the world that go I've never, I mean particularly Muir Kirk I was uh, writing about the local poet Tibby Pagan who I didn't really know about before I visited but I was interested about her stories when I got there I I tried to learn a bit more about her I I shared it with my audience people from all around the world are going that's amazing, she sounds like some woman I'd never heard of her You know, and and I love the fact that that's what the blog and social media can do, is you can actually get these stories out to the world and hopefully spark an interest. Um, With someone coming to visit Scotland that might not have thought, never heard of Muirkirk or they've never heard of Tibby Pagan, but all of a sudden you think, oh, that's actually something that sparked an interest in me because not everybody wants to go to typical tourist sites. It's hard to believe, but (laughs) there is some travellers who are really keen to go and, learn about other parts of Scottish history or other parts of Scottish culture. So I like to think that what I provide is a little corner where they can get some of that inspiration and information.
0: And you're absolutely right about there being a global interest in things in Scotland. And for some reason, it's not something that people often think about. I remember being uh, in, in Spain and I was talking to someone, I think from America, and he said is there a scottish diaspora because you know the irish ones you know there's an irish yeah, pub and yeah. everything <laughs> kind of thing i said oh there, there's scots everywhere <laughs> but people tended not to think that but i found yeah. the same thing when i looked at kind of some of the analytics on the, uh, the back of the website and stuff i'm going somebody listening in japan there are people yeah. listening in. you know the, the english speaking worlds i can kind of understand but other places as well and yeah. is that what you found that you've got people feeding back from all over the world
5: yeah i think that's exactly it and I think that's as, as many flaws as there are on social media or toxic sides to social media. There's also, it's really like opened up a global community and I think it's fantastic that um, that I can sit in my bedroom and like Ayrshire and I can be in contact with people all around the world who've got a common interest and I get so many people that will see actually even like sort of Muirkirk or like really places that are maybe sound obscure that most tourists won't have heard of, there'll be somebody who will contact me and say, I'm staying in the USA, but my great-great-grandfather was from Kirk." you know, and it's absolutely amazing the coincidences that you find. And a lot of people with a lot of enthusiasm for Scotland because they have Scottish ancestry. So that's, I guess that's something that I didn't, or I wasn't quite so aware of until you go online and you're so connected with, like, other people and communities around the world.
0: And you mentioned there that social media uh, and it's something that, you know, had changes so quickly and you've got to learn how to kind of, you know, find your audience through it. Because when I started here's Hayes' blog, it, you know, it was long written pieces. That's what I like to do. It was, you know, yeah. longer reviews and things like that. But do you feel that that's changed over time and people are looking for shorter content and things that they can engage with perhaps? Yeah, I time? mean,
5: as as my blog has become... Profe- uh, professional if that's what you want to call it yeah. I've had to write for Google and write for popular topics that people are looking for I think if you write about more obscure things on your blog some of my best pieces that I'm proudest of are the pieces nobody finds and nobody reads yeah. and it really upsets oh. <laughs> but if I wrote I, I've, I've not written a, a guide to Edinburgh but if I did I know it would be the most popular thing on my blog so mm-hmm. what I find with social media is those stories that don't quite fit in the blog, will get a lot of attention on social media and people will read it. They can write a shorter version. It's something like a little bit different. It doesn't matter if people are finding it in Google or not because there's actually, I've got a big enough audience in social media that's reaching enough people that they, they read it. And I actually think social media is good for that. I mean, Instagram, I have my... I have my own thoughts on Instagram. It's something I need to be on, but I actually really like Facebook because I think on Facebook you can tell stories a wee bit more and people seem to be a bit more engaged. So, yeah, I I mean, every platform's different, but, yeah, social media I think is quite good for the more obscure stories for me anyway.
0: Yeah. It has definitely changed the way, um, you know, my kind of output goes, and that's interesting to hear that you feel... had to do the same and if anyone's listening thinking about starting anything like blogs or podcasts it's that kind of way you get your voice out is important but then Mm -hmm. it kind of I know what you mean about sometimes the most passionate things you write about are the lesser known ones yeah and you don't get whereas um, for instance our YouTube channel the most watched clip by Miles is an audio interview with a director who did a film on whiskey and Uh I think you do whiskey then you're just going to get loads of people get yep. to it but sometimes it's the start it's the more obscure stuff that you're more passionate about
5: yep yep but i guess um people will find it if if it's something they're interested in they will find it and i'll i like to think that my blog is a bit of a mix so I, i'll write popular topics um that people want to read about but i hope once that pulls them into the blog they find the more obscure stories and it a bit like what we seen earlier about ignites a bit of an interest and they'll read on and it's not necessarily what they thought they were looking for but it's maybe something they end up thinking that's more interesting than the initial thing they were searching for so it's it's definitely it's a balance all the time between writing for popularity to get your blog out there but also writing about your personal passion projects as you said
0: and you do cover the whole of scotland you've got pieces from the Scottish borders, as I said, up to Orkney and East and West. uh, um, And that's something that there's so many places that won't get covered because people don't go
5: to those areas. Yeah. Um, And as I said, it's getting, I found over the years, it's getting a little bit harder. Scottish tourism's changed from when I started. As I said, it doesn't seem eight years, doesn't seem like a long time, but so much has changed. Um, Scotland's become more popular as a tourist destination. The kind of thing that people are looking for has changed slightly. And you have things like Instagram now, which are covering, as I said, what were hidden gems, but have now become the most photographed, you know, places on Instagram. Um. so, yeah, so I'm still all the time. I mean, there's plenty of places out there that aren't typical tourist places. And that is what I aim to cover all the time. I don't want to write. I I don't feel I need to write about all the popular things doing the Isle of Skye because there's 50 other travel blogs that I've written about that. What's the point of me being a Scotland specialist if I'm just writing the same as everybody else? I want to show, well, actually, this is my country and there's a lot more to it than than what you think. Um, and I hope that's why people come to my blog is because they are interested. And most of the people and the feedback that I get it is very much independent travellers that want to know yeah. Where else can I go in Scotland? It's either their second visit and they've done the typical tourist attractions or they're just somebody that's interested in getting away from the crowds and um and what else is there that can do it. But there's very little resources out there sort of guiding them as to what else there is to do in Scotland.
0: And you do um travel consultations. Can you tell us a bit about those?
5: Yeah, so that kind of developed from a lot of people started to get in touch with me and ask me questions about I'm coming to Scotland, how do I do this or would this itinerary work? And it became really time consuming for me Mm -hmm. as, I mean, I'm a freelancer and I've just not got the time to keep answering people's questions. So I thought, well, if there's a demand for this, why don't I look up, look at setting something a bit more organised up that people can actually allocate a bit of time with me and we can talk through their travel plans or their... Um, the things that they're a bit unsure about or things they're getting stressed about and it started out as written itineraries but that actually took up far too much time so I changed to video consultations because I think during the pandemic a lot of people became comfortable with using video and using Zoom which they weren't before so it kind of opened up a new possibility for me to talk to people which is brilliant like this like I'm talking to face to face it's so much more personal and you yeah. make a much more of a connection and it's so much easier to have a conversation like this and back and forward by email Um. so yeah it was really just it kind of grew from a demand I was having and didn't, again I didn't really plan for it or think about it but then I thought, well, if a lot of people want this, then why don't I offer it? And it's it's providing a sort of add-on service to my blog, a more personal service to my blog, so it's quite complimentary. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's worked quite well for me. And you
0: say that the um, Scottish tourist industry
5: is booming. Um, Do you think we've become
0: more welcoming as a a country? Because there was a reputation... And, you know, maybe, you know, bad B&Bs and, you know, (laughs) breakfast is between nine and ten past nine and all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
5: yeah, I remember those days. I remember (laughs) those days well. Yeah, it's changed. It's changed for the better and the worse, I would say, because I would say... In the old days, I used to enjoy going to a tourist information. I would just turn up somewhere in a town, and go, "This looks really nice." Walk into tourist information and book a B and B. It was a bit of a gamble if it was a good B and B or if the rooms were left because it wasn't the best B and B. Um, I would say, yeah, Scotland's very welcoming, but I would say the way we market ourselves is is still, I would say, um we could do better at that, because I think, as I said, from my point of view, there's so much more to Scotland, which we don't yeah, push mm-hmm. and promote. I think it's we still need to get a wee bit away from the Tartan, Tweed, Inverness, sky Edinburgh. Like, that's all there that is to Scotland. You know, there's so much more. I mean, I lived in Orkney for four years ago. A totally different culture from mainland Scotland. I Just now been in Ayrshire, totally different culture, but I feel... The music, the language, there's so much more that we don't, that's underrepresented and we don't push. So although we're very welcoming, I think we're still got a long way in showing tourists or potential travellers to Scotland, all the different aspects of Scotland and Scotland in the 21st century. I think we still need to get away from historical Scotland Mm -hmm. and show that Scotland in the 21st century actually is a really great country with a lot to offer.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point because there's the big touchstones I mentioned whiskey, and you've got Burns, and you've got Edinburgh, and things like yep. that. But there are still things that I discover about places in Scotland, particularly through writers. Say that you say, oh, such and such wrote, you know, Stevenson wrote Treasure Island in Beremar, I think, and they don't yep. really make a big thing about yep. it. You know, there are there's, yep. and there are lots of examples like that, aren't there?
5: Yep, yep, definitely. Um... And as I said, I just I just wish that I think it's the historical. I've got no problem with the historical yeah. side. We've got lots of great history in Scotland. There's i just more wish... than
0: the ones. There's more than the the yeah. And the yeah. Yeah. I
5: just I just wish we would cover cover some of the other things a bit better and spread out the tourism more because there's places that are desperately in need of tourism and there's places that are getting problems from really too many tourists so i think that there is aspects we can become better at but as for the original question welcoming yeah i think that's something people say all the time the scottish yeah. people they absolutely love the scottish people and the hospitality and thankfully there's not many places now that i get negative feedback about the the, the beer B's.
0: <laughs> i just don't think you could survive it's a bit like um, the catering industry in general if you don't hit the standards that other people are hitting then you just won't survive
5: Yeah, yeah, I would I would say so, I mean I think there's obviously aspects of rural tourism and the the logistics of a lot of tourism businesses been opened in evenings and weekends which is a lot of people are still surprised that they'll go to a rural place and go oh there was nothing to eat at night, you know, but there's obviously logistics there where they can't get staff and you try to explain that to people so there is, there is some problems, you know, that people have expectations and they don't quite meet up to realities. But in general, uh, it's always positive feedback that I get from people in their time in Scotland, and you can pretty much guarantee when somebody's come to Scotland once, the they will be straight away going, when can I next come back to Scotland?
0: <laughs> and that's that's often when they get in touch with you is that they've they've hit the the the, the tourist high spots, if you like. Or yeah, the
5: spots. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because as I said, that's something that people easily do themselves. They can easily navigate the top sort of sites in Scotland, but then they realise, because I don't know, just people don't have this concept. Think Scotland's a small country. And they don't have this concept of how much else is out is out there, and that's yeah. So they come back and they because they've realised there's so many things they missed, and they think, oh, I need to come back and see the rest of Scotland. You know,
0: so. How did you get involved with this Scottish podcast collaboration, and why, I guess?
5: Uh, Well, Dawn Dawn got in touch with me, um, and she explained that she had this great idea of bringing lots of podcasters and Scottish businesses and creators together, and being just part of the Scottish, I mean, for a long time, I've been a part of the Scottish travel community, so for me, it was kind of meeting people out with like the blogging community, if you like, and the podcasters, the other businesses, I think it's really great that Scottish businesses, podcasters, whatever it be, works together. Whatever the community is, I find that people work together and and it's great when they do that. But I also think it's a good way of getting out to other audiences. So what I hope is I can, I'm quite passionate about showcasing Scottish businesses and other Scottish great Scottish things to my audience so I guess it was a way for me to discover Scottish podcasts and whoever else Don got on board that I could then pass on to my audience and say there's this week where you're going to discover all these great new Scottish things you didn't know were out there and I guess for me what I was hoping was likewise there would be people that might not I've thought of going to a travel box or listening to a podcast and they maybe thought, Oh, well, I'm coming to Scotland. Maybe that's something else I need to check out. So I think it's really important, whatever you do, to be part of a community, to work together. Um and I thought, well, it's a chance to support somebody who's got a bit of a bit of a passionate idea. And if I can be part of that and support other people in that community, then that's a positive thing.
0: I think you're absolutely right. Because for me, with all the different people involved including yourself you're getting this crossover because listeners no individual just likes one thing you know they don't just like music or they don't just like books or they don't just like travel or whatever and so what you're doing is you're bringing the kind of interests to these individuals that have got all these different interests themselves
5: yeah as my audience generally has an interest in scotland so For me, if I can say to them, there's these other places you can go to indulge your passion about Scotland, whether it's a podcast or a business or whatever, then to me, that's a win-win because my audience will go to me, thanks very much, because I've found something that I've loved and it's happened before during lockdown. Um, I was promoting Scottish music, so I was sharing Scottish music videos, and had so many people come back to me going, I'd never heard of that band, thanks yeah, very man. much, I've now bought their album, that was fantastic, you know, so I've always tried to showcase whether it's a, a somewhere to eat, or whether it's something to read, or whether it's something to listen to, I've always tried to showcase, as I said, the different aspects of Scotland, because to me, travel... Um, is made up of a broad spectrum when you go and travel in a country you're eating the foods some people read the books as research. you're listening to the music so it's just another way that I was able to personally discover what else is out there about Scotland and pass that on to my audience because I know it's something that they would be interested in.
0: I was going to ask you if you've ever thought of starting a podcast yourself, but you sound very busy.
5: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's something that certainly crossed my mind because there's such a growing number of podcasts. But yeah, it was exactly as you said, I think you can spread yourself too thin sometimes. Definitely. Um and not be, be doing things very average whereas i'd rather do less things and try and do them well so i think if i tried to take on a podcast i would worry it would be too average because oh. <laughs> i just wouldn't have the time to put into it because it all these things you know yourself all these things they might look easy but it takes a lot of time um personal time skills outlay money you know there's all sorts of things going to it behind the scenes which people don't appreciate I think sometimes
0: a lot of preparation and a lot of research I think yeah yeah absolutely Suzanne thank you so much for talking to me it's been fascinating and all the very best with the blog
5: no thank you Alistair thanks very much for having me on and I can't wait to share with my audience your fantastic podcast
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely it's the, that's the name of the game
5: yep yep I'm sure they'll love it <laughs>
0: I'm now joined by Satsu, who is the host of the excellent Chat Tsunami podcast. Welcome to the Scots We Hey podcast, Satsu.
2: Thank you, and thank you for inviting me on. Um,
0: so the first question I want to ask is how and why did Chat Tsunami come about?
2: Oh, well, it's a bit of a cliche answer, to be honest. It was during, of course, the latter half of um 2020 because kind of midway between 2020 as you know and for anybody listening in the future that <laughs> was a great lockdown of the time yes. and during I think it was about March-April time I'd dipped my toes into the world of Twitch streaming but mm-hmm. then as that was going on I found myself more interested in the kind of talking aspect like talking to people who were coming in rather than playing games because uh, I've said this before like a ago, but, like it's I'm definitely not the best like gamer or anything <laughs> like I'm okay but you know I definitely prefer that aspect so around October time I went to some of my friends and I said oh um do you want to start a podcast together and they were more than happy to I suppose humor's the wrong word <laughs> but yeah they were more than happy to say oh yeah we'll help you with it and yeah that's kind of where it started and yeah two years on which I can't believe I'm saying that it's like times flash by honestly it's
0: not, it's not just two years on you are incredibly prolific you have managed to you know put out an incredible number of podcasts during that time
2: oh thank you yeah honestly it doesn't feel like that I have to say like when I look at other podcasters like yourself or, you know, others that have become quite prominent, especially on Twitter and things, because you see some of them and you think, wow, they're absolutely fantastic and everything. And then when you get compliments yourself, you go, nah, not me. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 please.
0: <laughs> I, I think I was talking to someone just recently about how that's a very Scottish trait. We oh, were, yes. We were at uh, something that they had put on, which was a great night, and there was an American uh, person there who was saying, "Oh, this has been amazing, and you've done so well and to get all these people together." And he was like, oh, I'm "Really uncomfortable mm-hmm. taking compliments." <laughs> it was quite interesting to uh, compare the two. Mm-hmm. And you've got as have you, you mentioned—you've got a lot of um, co-hosts, um, friends of yours that you've uh, that you bring in, um, and it's nice that it's not just the same person every time. You've got, you know, quite a range of people. Was that was that the favours that you were calling in? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, partly that and partly a wee bit of blackmail, you know, column A, column B. <laughs> no, jokes aside. Um, yeah, so when I began it, I have to admit I was talking to one of my friends and he happily said, oh, I'll do the first episode with you. But then after that, I was kind of on my own and I thought, okay, where do I go from here? And then the next episode one of my other friends came in and fortunately the person who stepped in my friend Adam he said oh can I be your co-host if that's not too pushy and of course I was like no please please come in (laughs) but of course the more we did it the more a lot of my friends were saying oh I'll come on for an episode or oh I'll do it because they all kind of plug each other's like gaps in knowledge and it means that if I want to do, like, a particular topic on, the like, the history of a particular film, of, like, video games, of anime, or in general, if I want to do some interviews as well, because that was something I was quite shy to do mm-hmm. to begin with, to include people who were, like, outside the sphere of, like, friends and people that I knew in real life, and that kind of started, I think, just before Christmas, I started inviting, lot of streamers that i'd met in 2020 on to interview them and initially it began as kind of quite a quite a casual chat where we kind of discussed what it was like to be a twitch streamer that kind of thing but the more and more i got confident in it the more i thought okay let's just you know turn it instead of an interview about like twitch in particular let's talk about why they're doing it and anything else they want to bring up and there's been some absolutely fantastic conversations that have arisen from that so it's been an absolute blast and it's been an absolute pleasure being able to meet all these new people and as you said it's like it's like a rotating door essentially yeah, of people coming in and out yeah
0: and I think you said in one of your more recent ones that you still haven't done one in the same room with anyone, it's still being done in yeah. remote. Is that right?
2: Well, there's been one or two episodes, right. but yeah, they are very, very new <laughs> because you know, as we were saying before, like the 2020s and 2021 that made it very hard for any of my friends and I to be in the same room, and it was just really easier just to record remotely. But it's only been recently there's been like a handful, but. In all honesty, the majority of them are like I would say ninety five percent probably are done remotely, and it is. It gives you that kind of freedom to be able to talk with anyone, either all over the country, all over the world, and yeah, just be able to make those connections. So it's been fantastic in that regard.
0: Yeah, um, that's what I found as well. Is that before. Um, we haven't heard of COVID. All my podcasts were done face to face. I would travel mm-hmm. wherever I was going and you know, sometimes been up to Aberdeen or Dundee mm-hmm. or whatever. But there was the limit of geography. And mm-hmm. perhaps the best thing about doing it like we are now is that you can. I did one with a writer who lives in New Zealand. Um wow. so, you know, it really does open up the the, the who you can talk to. Mm-hmm.
2: Although the time zones must be terrible for you as well, like <laughs> arranging that because when you said New Zealander I remember I had to get up quite late for I think it was an Australian streamer that I had interviewed and it was totally worth it in the end but it's like see trying to work out how many hours you are ahead and behind and oh it's just a nightmare especially with the clocks going forward or back even recently yeah,
0: yeah. that that part of it is, is tough mm-hmm. we well, haven't talked about kind of the subject matter that you cover, and it's it's really quite, you, you said there that you started out kind of Twitch streaming, which is often playing games. And is that kind of your background, is gaming a big, it seems like it's a big thing for you?
2: Yeah, it's been quite a big pastime when I was growing up. And, you know, I've dipped my toes really in a lot of different consoles, you know, from Nintendo to Xbox and things like that. And I've always wanted to do some form of content creation. And fortunately, when I was growing up, um, I didn't have the means really to put stuff on YouTube, and I wasn't really confident enough to like film myself or anything, so that's kind of a blessing in hindsight I think because I think if I put up anything that would just be terrible I'd be looking back on it going oh god I mean I look back at some of my other stuff and I think oh that's absolutely terrible why what were you thinking um but yeah when it came to 2020 like even before 2020 one of my friends was saying oh you should definitely try Twitch you should try some form of streaming the gateway to getting into first of all live streaming um like gaming and then getting to talk to people all over the world and then from that I managed to stream the first 50 episodes of the podcast on Twitch um so that was our like season one as it were because it felt as if after 50 episodes of it we thought okay that's kind of a nice place to cut it off and then for season two because We were struggling more and more because everything was opening up at the time so we kind of thought okay we'll just take it back a wee bit and we'll just start recording offline and it's honestly been a great move i have to say um
1: yeah
0: well yeah again it gives you more option about when to do it Mm -hmm. are those still available on twitch
2: um, no, but they are available, well, at least the edited versions yeah. um, are available on uh, YouTube and, well, even on, like, Spotify and wherever um, the podcast can be found, but I'd have to, I do look at those, like, episodes quite, you know that way when you look at your earlier work and you think, yeah. oh, I could have done better, I could have done this, because there's some episodes where there'll be, like, creaking in the background because of, like, you know loud heating pipes or something or you'll think oh I forgot to turn off like one of the alerts so if someone sends a message it'll like bleep in the background so back then I had no idea how to like cut out the like the white noise and things and it it was just an absolute it wasn't a mess I have to admit it's still salvageable when it's listenable but compared to what I'm editing nowadays and don't get me wrong it's nowhere near professional level or anything but I feel as if it's like a lot better compared to what it was at the beginning yeah
0: I think that's been one of the great things with podcast certainly when I started you're absolutely right you were learning as you were you know as you mm-hmm. go and we had a note to remember to turn the fridge back on because oh, yeah. <laughs> recorded the fridge was in the background um, and all sorts of things. And we would have to, I used to live in the middle of Glasgow and you would have to edit out uh, ambulances and fire engines going oh. by outside the door and things. So, yeah, you do learn as you go. And sometimes I listen back to the early ones and far too much of me rather than the guest, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you do learn as, as you go. So we mentioned that you, you look, uh, one of the things you look at is gaming and, and games and often the history of certain games. But you also, you, you go really deep into things. I mean, you had a Terminator month. Oh, so yes. That's a lot to go into. I mean, and I kind of counted up how much that was. And if my maths are correct, or my arithmetic is correct, it's kind of between seven and eight hours of podcasting. That is a lot mm. to go into the all the aspects of Um Terminator, but is that what you like to do? Really going deep to these subjects?
2: Oh, yeah. Like at the beginning when I started the podcast and everything, I kind of thought, What is it I'm actually trying to aim for? If that makes sense. Like I didn't know whether I wanted it to be like a kind of gaming podcast or did I want it to be gaming and films. And then of course I had another friend who was like, Oh, like anime, let's do an episode on that. And I'm like, Oh god, it's too many balls to juggle initially. But then the more and more we went on, the more we kind of found our feet with it, and the more we kind of thought, okay, we don't have to just say, oh, we're going to review this film, and that's going to be it. Because I did notice when I was listening back to my old episodes, we had quite a bad habit of going through films, like point by point, saying, so this point happened, this is our opinion, next point happened whereas now it seems as if we're able to just summarize the film at the beginning and then kind of point out the kind of crucial things and yeah just dive in a wee bit more and choose topics that we want to or rather that we think that we could give like a big analysis on because funny enough my co-host Adam and I we actually met because of Terminator Mm-hmm. So um we went to, I can't remember what year it was, but we went to the GFT over mm-hmm. in Glasgow and they were showing like a double bill of Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. And it's because of that event that kind of led to the domino effect of him becoming a friend and becoming co-host of Tsunami and everything. And it was such like an important topic for both of us. We kind of thought why don't we just do a full month? Because I think it was in 2021, I offhandedly said, oh, why don't we do um, a month based on the Halo franchise? And Halo is like a gaming franchise that we are both very passionate about and we kind of bonded over as well. So we did one on that to kind of test the waters and see how people would react. And then it is quite fun, I have to say, like going into these months because we've only done... I think three, we've done a Halo month, we've done a Sonic month, and we've done a uh, Terminator month, and like listening back to what you were saying there, it's like over seven or eight hours, it is definitely a lot looking back on it, but it it doesn't feel like that, like say when you're editing it and you're kind of pacing yourself, I think if I did it all at once and then I had to like yeah. sift through it all, oh, it would be... I think especially if it was a topic I wasn't like interested in or Adam wasn't interested in because you can certainly tell if somebody you know cares about yeah. a particular topic that they're chatting about or if they really aren't and that's like the last thing I would want to do is to force any of my friends or any of my guests to come on and be like okay we're talking about this <laughs> and that's final kind of thing but because we were both um, very passionate about the topic. Yeah, it was honestly it was absolutely fantastic to go through.
0: No, I, and yeah. what comes across in all the episodes I've listened to anyway mm-hmm. is the love of the subject. You know that mm-hmm. way to kind of share with other people something that you really you know adore. You know it's it's really central to kind of who you are and what you've watched and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And you go, I mean, there's other areas that you go quite deep into. You've got Bond uh, often. You've got um, Star Wars pops up every now and again. And is that kind of, those kind of extensive fictional worlds, is that something that, you know, you really enjoy talking about? Because there's so huge, Star Wars in particular, you've got the games, you've got the animation, you've got the, you know, all sorts of things, the TV spinoffs now. Um, awesome. you know, there's lots to talk about.
2: Oh no, absolutely. I mean, the amount of times I've seen like a Star Wars podcast or a James Bond podcast like pop up, and then there's me who's just like gotten a whole bunch of them together and said, here you go, (laughs) take your pick. Honestly, I feel as if the podcast has turned into like a big box of celebrations. Like (laughs) everybody can just take their favourite if they want and just like pick and choose. And that's what I absolutely love about it is the fact that, sometimes we can go quite silly with it you know like for example when we did the Pierce Brosnan run of James Bond it's not exactly the most serious out the Bond um yeah. like films compared to like Daniel Craig or Timothy Dalton so we got to have like a lot of fun uh with that but also we do have times where we can kind of tone it down and take a more serious approach and talk about why something doesn't work in our opinion or why something does work. And it is a lot of fun to talk about something we're passionate about, like, for example, as you said, Star Wars, Terminator, and all these franchises. But also as well, it's led us to become a bit more confident with one another for suggesting particular topics. Like, for example, there was a fantastic video game that my co-host Adam had recommended called What Remains of Edith Finch and normally if you heard like a video game title proposed to you you would think okay right I'm going to play through it and I'm going to come on the podcast I'm going to say a couple of funny lines say my thoughts but that turned into I can't remember how long the episode was in the end but it turned into like this very long philosophical (laughs) like talk about life about death about living life to its souls and things so it is weird how initially there are those topics where you deep dive into franchises that can't be quite silly or quite bombastic like star wars or terminator but then the next time you might find yourself talking about something serious um, especially with like the video game franchise Call of Duty, for example, because we've done like hundreds of episodes on that. And the amount of times we started with, oh, yeah, it's just gotten worse over time to, oh, yeah, this episode um, warning we're going to be talking about war crimes is <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> How did I get here from here to there? So it is like very interesting seeing where like the topics go and seeing especially with the co-host as well I think it's absolutely fantastic hearing if they've got an opposing opinion because that's kind of the thing that worried me if I did it on my own because it would just be me saying this is my opinion this is what I think and there's been quite a few times I've been challenged and or maybe challenge is too strong a word but people have said to me oh you should um you should think of it like this way and they'll go oh right okay and then they go away from it and i think well actually they completely had a point there mm-hmm. and it is it's absolutely both fantastic and both rewarding hearing that other side of the coin for these topics
0: and i, I think that for me is what really makes mm-hmm. podcasting is that you have the time to really explore things and sometimes conversations will go in a very different way from how you maybe thought they were going to go, um, which can be the most exciting stuff of all. One of the reasons I started doing it was because I was fed up of listening to someone on the radio who had five minutes to speak, and then it was the news, and then it was, you know, the weather, and and you just couldn't hear these long-form chats. And now you've got this kind of platform that you can do exactly what you say. You can maybe discover something new yourself that you didn't even think you were going to discuss.
2: Yeah because I mean you're completely right it is absolutely frustrating when you hear like whether it's a talk show or something like that where you see they've got a guest on and you think oh I really like their work I really like this or that I can't wait to hear what they say and then as she says it's like five minutes of them talking and then the rest of it's something completely different and you think well no I want to hear more of them. Um, So you're completely right it is definitely one of those mediums like podcasting I mean that it it does allow you to take a more relaxed approach to it, to take your time to articulate your thoughts, your feelings about a particular topic. And yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah.
0: And I have to thank you if thanks is the right word for introducing me to Bird Demic.
2: Oh, apologies. Yeah. <laughs> for legal reasons, I apologize.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. I thought I was a bit of a connoisseur of bad movies, but that's uh yeah, that's something else. You Google it, people, oh. if you're listening, and you, you at least see the trailer.
2: Oh yes, it is um to quote a friend, it's an experience. Um <laughs> it, it's an experience about um the dangers of global warming, and I'll leave it at that. But so yeah,
1: no, let's <laughs> yeah. keep I, saying
2: Al- yeah.
0: Alfred Hitchcock must, I can hear him spinning in his grave. Oh you?
2: absolutely, yeah. You'd be quaking in his boots. <laughs>
0: Do you have a favourite subject that you've covered, or is that too is that impossible to say?
2: Oh, I have to admit, like going back to what I was saying about like the interviews, I have to admit they're probably my favourite type of like episodes that I've done because I, I'm just trying to think. There's just so, as you say, there's just so many episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. like the like to name a few, the Terminator month was great. Sonic Month was great because I'm myself um, like a massive Sonic the Hedgehog fan but my co-host was the one who actually recommended it because he was like oh I see you're passionate about this franchise can we you know talk about this and I was like yeah sure so I was more than happy to take him up on that and say okay we're going to talk about this and I was expecting them very much to be quite not negative but to say oh yeah this game didn't age well that game didn't age well but it was really interesting to see my co-host go through all these games and then kind of give his opinion from someone who didn't grow up with the games and it it was honestly like really great and and kind of course he's recommended games to me that I otherwise wouldn't have played like What Remains of Edith Finch, absolutely love that game. It's basically just a walking simulator where a young woman goes through her old uh, childhood house. She sees basically how each family member passed away and there's this huge thing that they're suspicious that it's a curse or something. And it's such like a poignant and very heavily emotional game. And I never thought I'd get so invested in it until I went through it. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is absolutely incredible and um, there's other games that he's recommended like uh, Papers Please where you play a checkpoint agent in the fictional like totalitarian state you have to you know, make the decision whether you want to like stop people from coming in or try to help them and things and those kind of discussions like get very deep and there's one particular episode as well that I absolutely loved this, maybe too strong a word, but the reason I say that is just because of how heavy the topic was. But we talked about a game called Kind Words. I don't know if you've heard of that. Well, I haven't. Uh, it's an indie game that honestly I thought was brought out during um, 2020, but turns out no, it was brought out in 2019. And it was very prophetic, I think, because it's a game where you have like, I think, five to seven lines to see what your problem is like say oh I've been having a hard day at work and then you click send and it sends it to a random user and once that's sent out you know the other person on the other end can anonymously reply and give advice about the particular struggle you're going through and it's just such uh it was really interesting to And again, playthrough, it's probably the wrong word, but it was interesting to go through it. And then I was quite worried about recommending it to my co-hosts because that is so heavy. It's not like, oh, it's like a fun shooter game or a platformer or anything. It's quite deep. And we ended up spending so long just chatting about the game and really just getting to grips with, like, this different aspects and whether or not it's right for... Like, for example, there was a lot of Twitch streamers playing it, so I really wasn't sure if it was, you know, like we were both saying, is it right? Because on the one hand, they're promoting this game, they're promoting it to people who probably need it and probably need to, but then on the other hand, we were saying, is it exploitative? Mm. Yes and no. It was, like, such a very in-depth discussion, um, and that seems to be, like... I don't, I don't want to pretend or say that my podcast is all doom and gloom, <laughs> just well, like, to say it just But, but um, but it was just interesting to see that mm. there has been a lot of topics that we've gone into, and then all of a sudden we've come away thinking, well actually, that is like quite a good point, and being able to bounce points off of one another, and going back to what was saying at the start of your question, sorry, it's... When I did the interviews, I did it with people I was familiar with, and then I started reaching out to other streamers saying, oh, do you want to come on? And then some of them are a lot more, you know, like comedic than others, Mm -hmm. I suppose is the right word. But there's just somewhere I've talked to them, and they talk about things like mental health issues. They've talked about reasons, like very poignant reasons why they got into streaming in the first place and basically their struggles and things, and these aren't topics that of course I would force them to say. Like I always propose the question and if they feel comfortable with answering it, then that's perfectly fine. I'm very happy for them to use that space to open up and say what they want to say rather than, you know, I don't want to put a microphone in their face and be like, do you want to answer the question please? You know, but I mean, they have been very eye-opening, being able to, as you were saying at the beginning, to slowly improve and start to listen more and things like that, yeah. and not be worried about a particular, you know, like, script um, or anything like that, because, yeah, for the first couple interviews, I have to admit... I had a cheat sheet where I was like, okay, I have to do this point, this point, and that point. Yeah. But then as it went on, I was like, okay, there's only a couple of points I want to address. And then after that, we'll just see how it goes. And yeah, honestly, it's been a lot more eye opening, I would say, like than I expected at the very beginning of it.
4: Yeah.
0: And I think that is just doing more and more and getting more confident, not just in. kind of technical aspect of it but in yourself talking to Mm -hmm. other people you know it does it it certainly took me a long time to kind of be comfortable and you're always learning as well i think
2: oh yeah
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and being part of this uh, scottish podcast collaboration um that i mean i think this has been a great thing
2: i do would you agree oh 100 percent. if i'm totally honest i was actually surprised there was that many scottish podcasts (laughs) like I have to admit, when I went onto Twit, eh, not Twitch, sorry, when I went onto Twitter and had a look at podcasts, usually they're from America, and you'll get like the old, like English podcasts or two. But of course, as you said, when we got approached for the um, Scottish uh, collaboration. I was was honestly, like, floored by the amount of, like, Scottish podcasts coming out, and that sounds so silly to say because, obviously, why wouldn't there be so many Scottish podcasts? But it was, like, amazing not only to see that, but to be able to discover, like, these new creators, like yourself included, of course, and, yeah, no, it's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah,
0: you're absolutely right. It's the same... You know, I started on the the radio show. I do. I started do uh, mm-hmm. a podcast of the week rec- podcast recommendation, including your own. Mm-hmm. And a, and then when Don came along with the Scottish collaboration list, I went, "Oh crikey, I've just scratched the surface here. There's so much mm-hmm. more going on." And I think that's what it's going to do so well is to introduce people to different voices and different subjects, gaming mm-hmm. being one um, that perhaps they wouldn't have found otherwise.
2: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It is quite surprising how diverse they all are because there's loads of um, true crime ones, there's loads about Scottish culture, about the films in particular. It's, It's honestly amazing just to see how diverse it is, especially with the topics that are involved and because it would be quite concerning if it was like you and I were the only, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> the only podcasts that weren't like true crime or something like that. You'd be yeah, like, exactly. Oh, this is a bit concerning that yeah. Scotland's main podcast export is true crime. <laughs> no, there's like so much variety there. And I totally agree with you. It's amazing being exposed to those particular podcasts and again, those creators as well They are coming out.
0: Well, Satsu, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it.
2: Oh, no problem at all. And thank you once again for inviting me on. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: And thanks to Satsu and Don, Nikki and Greg and Suzanne for taking the time to talk to me. As well as their podcasts, other people involved with the Scottish Podcast Collaboration Week include Everything Coincidental, Mums Mysteries and Murder, Scottish and Sacred Podcast, Scottish Memories, Scottish Wrestling Network, Simply Scottish, The Little Pod of Inspiration, Two Pints of Brew and a Chocolate Crispy, What a Maneuver, What Is, Which Murderer, and Wrong Term Memory. And if you head over to the post that accompanies this podcast at scotswayhay.com, you will find the links to all of those podcasts and a bit more about them all. But we'll be back soon someone completely different. Cheers.